the crime of the indictment under this disgraceful legislation is compounded by the years of imprisonment and torture that Julian Assange has already suffered. The targets of the indictment, however, reach far beyond their immediate victim. They reach, in fact, to all of us who hope to understand what is happening in the world and to the journalism profession whose task it is to perform this essential service in a democratic order. Those who seek to perform this honorable task are under harsh attack in these troubled days. That's more reason to assure the attack on journalism will not be joined by the most powerful state in human history. In short, free Julian Assange without further unconscionable delay. Noam Chomsky speaking before the Belmarsh Tribunal on the case of Julian Assange, which took place Friday at the National Press Club. To watch the full two-and-a-half-hour tribunal, go to democracynow.org. Special thanks to Cherina Nadura, Dennis Moynihan, Ishmael Darrow, Mike Burke, Robbie Karandina, Gus This Drinchery is a Costa. legal ID. You are listening to KBOO Portland, and I am Dr. Demento, just barely legal. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBOO, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Development and Events Committee meets on the fourth Monday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held. Hi, this is Dwight Yoakam, and you're listening to KBOO. Good morning. You are listening to More Talk Radio here on KBOO 90.7 FM in Portland and 191.9 in Hood River and 104.3 in Corvallis and via the World Wide Web. It is KBOO.FM. Today is Monday the 23rd day in January 2023. And I am Cecil Prescott. And I am Celeste Carey. Good morning, all. Excuse the scratchy voice, still 
addressing whatever this okay <laughs> I've got I call it my uh, how do I call it I, I call it my voice non-recognition program all right <laughs> all right that's just a hint of some things we might be talking about this morning uh, oh, uh, good morning so it's been a while since we've uh, been on the air together. Yes, it has. Various reasons why, uh, you know, from uh, from the New Year and holidays um, and uh, mishaps at the station. Uh, we we lost our phone service and a few other little things. But we, we're weathering the storm. We're weathering the storm such as it is. But I have to laugh because... Um, in some ways, people might accuse us of uh, of a form of fashion, if you will, of going goblin mode, you know? Um, and if anyone like myself keeps up with some of the, uh, how do we want to call them, um, some of the, some of the, um, the activities we do when it's a new year, uh, like what was the worst activity or the worst fashion or the silliest idea for the year. Uh, I I like to read sometimes what was the word of the year or something like that. And so um, one of the words of the year uh, was goblin mode. And have you ever heard of that before, Cecil? I did not until you mentioned it to me so explain it to some of us who are <laughs> not kept up to date to the for the words of the year. Well, well, you know, first I want to let people know it's okay if this is not something that you're inclined to to, to keep up with, um, because it's not the end all and be all of what's going on in the world, um, but. The keepers of um, of uh, the Oxford Dictionary, I guess, I guess is what we'll start with. Um, generally, try to figure out what's been the word of the year, and so their their uh, collection of words um, was um, they took three of them and set them out before folks. And and try to look at what was the word that would be most likely the top word or expression or phrase that had been uh, used for the year. And it seems goblin mode was was the the word, much to a lot of people's surprise. I guess I guess I, it might be to nobody's surprise, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and so. I think what I describe it is to use the article that, uh, I mean, the use the activity that it mentioned, which is the idea of us getting up in the middle of the night, say two, three o'clock in the morning, after maybe sitting up all gray-eyed on our couch or in our bed, which may or may not resemble either a well-kept bed, but most likely a bed swamp. Y'all know what a bed swamp is, don't you? It's when it's full of books and littered utensils and 
and eating containers and I don't know, maybe newspapers or books or old socks and you get up and you pad in your feet to the kitchen and you make yourself some kind of bizarre snack like maybe you took some um, slices of uh, of uh, bread and you put some peanut butter on there and you sprinkle something like pepper or cinnamon and you stuck it in the microwave and you heated it up and you went back to your little bed swamp. And it doesn't wow. sound like where the, it doesn't make a sound particularly, uh, oh, I don't know what's the word, evolved. <laughs> it makes us sound more like we are not the best version of ourselves, but some version of ourselves. And so uh, that word seemed to have beat out quite a few others in terms of uh, describing the year that just went away, 2022. So uh, share with me a little bit more because I'm still not clear. It's still not clear to me um, about the goblin mode. <laughs> what, besides getting some melted cheese and crackers at 2 o'clock in the morning, what... Um, well, people mean? are not, when I say not the best version of themselves, I don't mean that lightly. So, for example, um, we become a little bit more self-centered. We become greedier. Oh, uh, we become less kind and respectful. We find more ways to focus on um some of the less um, palatable and sociable aspects of ourselves. Uh, so we, you know, that whole thing of living your best life is like way off the chart. It, it's fallen off the chart entirely. It, it's not even, even remotely concerned. And so um, uh, consequently, you're, you're seeing you're seeing people not being as as kind or considerate or respectful or oh I don't know what is the word I want human mm. <laughs> even just uh, human as we want to be no no I shouldn't say want to be I said as we as we are uh, could be yeah yeah as we could be and uh, so consequently. You have people, um, I'm trying to remember, was it a chewing gum commercial? It might have been a chewing gum commercial that slightly after the uh, lockdown was starting to be relaxed, they had this commercial of a person rising out of the, the house swamp <laughs> and, you know, of their, of their lair and coming out into the public and looking like Neanderthals, which is not fair to Neanderthals, I'm sure. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless being unkempt and trying to socialize. Okay. And so it's almost, it's almost like uh, if we were to uh, steal Mr. Hyde from that whole story, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we we will be our various high versions. 
Okay. Do you think that? Do you think that's like it out now? Probably more than it needed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, um, you know, we are entering into, although it seems strange, you know, it's only been um, less than a month, but we are in a new year, um, and Uh it's new possibilities, new ways of of encountering the world um maybe beyond the the goblin mode uh, so i think some i'm interested in hearing where people are um what are some of their thoughts and what are some things that have have moved or motivated them as they enter into um the new year um <laughs> Well, we do have another thing that kind of, in a way, might even be tied into that. Yeah. You know? I guess what we should do is get the phone number so they can get it preloaded. Uh, 503-810-7303. What number is that? You know, my brain went goblin mode. It did not pick up the message. Okay. 503. And, And then I started to give a 256 number. Okay. Let me try this all over again. I'm going to write it now. Everybody, scratch out those last two numbers. Here we go. It's 503-231-8187. You know, now, I'm somebody who hasn't been out the house a whole lot. I actually forgot which way to turn my key in my lock. Wow. That, that, <laughs> I know. It's like, okay. You know. Now I'm I'm going to be very honest. Uh, there there are not piles and piles of clothes and takeout food boxes all around my floor. No, there's not. Uh, there 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 are not uh, breadcrumbs and, and and potato chip crumbs and you know cookie crumbs all in my bed or on my clothes. No, I I didn't totally go goblin mode or unapologetic self indulgent or lazy or slovenly or greedy uh, that uh, in in a way that rejects all social norms or expectations but apparently my brain did for a hot minute but let me me flip to an aspect of what might be looking like goblin mode Um, the other topic I had well among others that I took Cecil had to do with uh, formal tourism that just had me rolling, both in terms of laughing, but also spinning around on my axis of self-righteous preservation. So um, the particular destination was Antarctica, and people are rushing to some of these formerly pristine and, and seldom visited by the average person places because they want to see them. As Cecil jokingly said when I pointed this out, yeah, before they get even taken over, corporatized or spoiled. But I found it interesting that you've got chorus of people flocking to places like um, Antarctica um, in the hopes of uh, having a really good tourist um, adventure uh, without any regard for the fact that you know, we need to have some pristine places 
so that the earth can remain healthy. And that seems to be something that we're doing a lot more of these days. Um, and I'm wondering, have we forgotten we're supposed to be stewards of the planet, not just consumers of the planet, but that seems to be one of the things we're doing these days. So let me give this number correctly again. It's 503-231-8187 here on your community connection, more talk, radio, and KBOO. And we do have a caller a lot. Good morning, Marley. Thank you for waiting. Are you there? We may have lost Marley, um, but again, our numbers are 503-231-8187. Hello, are you there? No, she's not there. Ah, okay. Maybe she went. Oh, she's, she's returning, I think. <laughs> Well, I hope she's not on her way to Antarctica. Oh, oh, that's it. She heard it, or I was gonna—I was gonna do something about goblin mode, but maybe not. And uh, okay, Molly, you are on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Cecil and Celeste. I want to say how much I've missed you over this this uh, period of time, and um, I'm calling on my home phone, which I do have a cell phone, but the cord oh. came. It's sometimes a little, anyway, speaking of old and new, but I wanted to bring bring up, because you weren't on, and that's understandable, on Monday, the MLK uh, Celebration Day, and speaking of old and new, I wanted to uh, talk about and bring into the conversation the Poor People's March on Washington, not just the issue of the race of people, and... Um, how important that was to Dr. King. I was lucky enough to have even gone on, been in Washington at the time of one of those poor people's marches on Washington, which was very powerful. And uh, I noticed in reading things that the, envir- the EPA, the Environmental Protection Act, was only begun in the 1980s, and now we have a global environmental climate change issue going on. But I want to bring it down. Da- back to the people, as Dr. King did, and the fact that we have an entire climate change issue is still based on the the basic issue of the poor people versus the giant corporations with all the money who don't seem to care about the climate because they care about making all this money. And um, just sort of bring that back to Dr. King, who is so aware of this issue back before it became even worse, which it is now. Certainly, yeah. Thank you so much, Molly, and for uh, pointing us into the, the direction of the uh, the uh, campaign, the Poor People's Campaign. And one thing that I think people need to be reminded of, as you suggested, is that it was... Um, prophetic in in terms of pointing out the issues that we need um, to address and addressing the issues of of, of militarism, um, ecological destruction, um, and and economic um, catastrophe. Um, These things, um, people such as Dr. King saw, um, you know, 50 years ago and the need to, to... um, to gather people from from every 
Hamlet um, to to stand up and rise um, to to affirm their human rights. Right, because it is the poor people that suffer in these issues, like in Flint, Michigan, or places in India and Africa, where you know the the land is exploited and and in the Amazon to, at the expense of the people. Yes. And um, and this is causing a huge climate upheaval, which is affecting all of us. And it really does come back down to that basic issue that Dr. King spoke of. And I want to say, too, that I'm very happy to know that the Poor People's Campaign continues in his name in, in its various respects. And we all need to, like, jump on board on that because it's the same, the same fight. And thank you. I, I'm so glad that you're back. I've missed you. Both, you're wonderful, and uh, Happy New Year. Let's hope it's, it's a good one, <laughs> as John Lennon said, <laughs> without any fear. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Molly. And you are listening to more talk radio here on KBOOFM <laughs> with Celeste and I am Cecil. Our numbers are 503-231-8187. Give us a call and, and share some of your reflection. Uh, Molly um, just shared some of her reflection um, reminding us uh, of, the, of the legacy and work of people such as Martin Luther King and the, uh, the radical work uh, that continues today in terms of the Poor People Campaign and, and building awareness of the, the connection between the, the struggle for, for human rights, um, the saving of the planet, and for the economic health uh, of all peoples. Um, those struggles continue, um, and as Molly suggested, um, the Poor People's Campaign continues in in a different form these many decades later, um, led by people such as the Reverend Leo Theo Harris and 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 the Reverend William Barber. Our numbers again are five zero three two three one eight one eight seven, and. Uh, are you in the goblin mode or or not? Oh, me personally? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, in the respect that my ankles might be a little rusty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I made that up, but it sounded perfect. <laughs> not true, but it sounded perfect at the moment. So, <laughs> you know... At, Goblin mode kind of has expanded in some ways, and it's not just a rebellion against, you know, this whole concept of um, of um, meeting social expectations. It, it, it's deeper than that, I think. Um, it, it 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 might be a certain it might even be more than just this whole idea of returning to normal life or or rebelling against uh social aesthetics and 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 um the idea of you have to be perfectly quaff at all moments. I think it has seeped into some aspects of our politics and our uh social interactions and maybe even the way we express ourselves, um uh, when we're among 
other people out in public. But uh, we do have another caller. So let's get to the caller and find out if they're in goblin mode or if they are resistant and they are trying to maintain all of the effects of civilization. Let's go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for calling. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Nothing is more important than uh, a strong peace movement. I think we're, we're, we're witnessing now how militarism and speculation have made us dysfunctional have uh, so we're no longer the world policemen uh, we have a, a republic um, where people hardly have any trust in the government or in institutions usually we were able to shift our economic problems to the third world you know to, so, to, so tell me how to, I'm and, sorry. And I said, so tell me how this relates to our two topics. Well, I, I wanted to recommend an, an interview that I uploaded on Indie Media. It's actually IndieBay.org. An interview with General Eric Bod, who warns that escalation could uh, possibly uh, threaten a, a third world war. Uh, he's very courageous, a courageous general, and uh, I think this is what we need to focus on in the new year to um, try to liberate ourselves from the old narrative, the old order, uh, to, to be honest about the problems of our state and of our market, to, to, um, to try to find a third way, maybe a uh, cooperative way like uh, community centers um, uh, to to encourage radical thinking in a time of censorship in a time of increased inequality and increased concentration of power Um, so that's my my perspective I hope you'll you'll check out the interview uh, and and the uh, say it again it's on indie bay media and the, well it's actually in indiebay.org okay and the interviews with with uh, general eric vod okay thank you so much for that information and you are continuing to listen to more talk radio here on kboo and let's go to ross Good morning, Ross. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good to hear both of you. And I have, um, uh, I was given a perfect segue by the, the, the last caller. I share your, I share your intense concern about uh, the escalating um, uh, trends in the world uh, that might, that threaten uh, even a, a World War Three or nuclear war. Um, and in terms of the, the peace, the the the, the, the poor people's campaign. Uh, 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 let me recommend uh, a wonderful uh, talk by William Barber that one can find on 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 looking up uh, democracy now. The the January sixth, January sixth, the last fifteen minutes of the January sixth uh, podcast of democracy now. DemocracyNow.org uh, is William Barber speaking from 
uh, his uh, his uh, home church there in Atlanta, in in um, I North guess Car- in Atlanta, North Carolina, I think he's based. And uh, and calling his, his the theme of it is calling for Christmas truce in Ukraine, but he's calling for a truce, a Christmas truce everywhere, uh, as there's so much violence throughout the world. And uh, so uh, this is my my sharing. I I am I'm I am so much aghast at I, 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 at, at at the escalation of uh, of of the war in in Ukraine, which is being helped on, on neither side, uh, evidently at this time. And I'm so afraid uh, of the um, the parallel to the war in Vietnam when. Johnson, who was such a great a great leader of on civil rights and and the issues of poverty, he weakened himself by going down the war trap in Vietnam, and I and I'm so much afraid that uh, we might go down the same sinkhole. When we have to re- look at the environment, we have to be saving the environment is the key issue of the day, and yet nothing can be more antithetical to that. Than the billions and billions and billions and billions in arms. Uh, we don't, may not be the policemen anymore. We simply are selling the arms to all the people who are playing policemen. The yeah. thirty, the thirty nations of, of NATO surrounding uh, surrounding the Russian uh, um, okay. empire, if you want to call it. But anyway, thank, thank you. you so much. I'd be curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, thank you so much, Ross, for for calling and sharing your concerns about um, the need um, need for for peace and um, the um, continuation of the war in in Europe. Uh, it certainly should be of concern to all of us as we uh, uh, as a as a planet or a species, I, I suppose we are in a goblin mode. Is that correct, Celeste? Well, we're most certainly not interested in uh, uh, our longevity as a species when we're looking at um, when we're facing these issues and not acting in the in their behalf. I mean, um, it <laughs> of all the topics that we could I was even telling people I wanted to avoid a couple of them because I didn't want to come out swinging hard this year um, and and the issues that people are mentioning are global and sometimes easy to to turn away from and some of the things that I had considered talking about were a lot more in our face uh, and I decided, you know, for our first program, man, let's not deal with that because it's a, it's a little distressing. So on, on one hand, I have to say, yeah, we 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 uh, are manifesting some aspects of goblin mode when we look at how um, war is 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 inching its way across the globe. I mean, it, for those of us who might have been listening to Democracy Now. Just the fact that uh, Ukraine is going to get the leopard tanks from a couple of other uh, uh, countries, other nations, uh, lets us know that there's a possibility that this 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 uh, 
current conflict over in Ukraine involving Russia and Ukraine can uh, possibly be, uh, what's the word, Putin used not to give him undue credit, but it, he's talking about this This can call it, cause it to expand and explode, more or less, you know, escalate. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, sometimes you have to look at the ways in which we can get our mind back into frame of grappling with these problems by dealing with something a little smaller, a little bit more personal, and maybe even add a little levity to it, just so you just don't collapse under the weight of all of this concern and care and 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 uh, distress. Well, let's see. Um, let's see what a couple of callers have to say and respond to what you just said, Celeste. Um, let's, okay. Let's go to Joan. Good morning, Joan. Hi there. Um, you wanted me to respond to something, but I'm not sure exactly what to respond to. I was calling um, to respond to the issue of the Poor People's Campaign. Yes. Um, and I don't know if this relates to what you just said, but um, <clears throat> you can tell me if it does or not. I'm reading this article from Street Roots. It's an editorial by Kaya Sand. And she's mentioning that we now have a governor <clears throat> who is poised to do something about homelessness. And it seems to me that the housing issue is right in the middle of this whole thing. It's, uh, it's an international thing. It's a national thing. It's a local thing. And right now, she says, the public has to be loud in its participation, whatever you can do, to, to contact the legislatures and push them in the direction of doing something real and humane uh, about homelessness. She's ready to listen, this governor, and we should make our opinions strong. In other words, whatever policies are happening, do they make conditions better or not, and not worse for homeless people? And are there better options? Are they voluntary or are they forcing compliance? Do they include everyone and not overlook anybody? And does and does it actually solve the problem? Because we can't possibly have a strong nation or strong people when people are living in the streets and eating garbage and have no health care. There's something really, really wrong, and this is where it affects us all. And I think it has to do with real estate interests and outside real estate interests. And if I'm not mistaken on this, I believe that Canada has now enacted a ban on foreign corporations coming in to buy up residential housing and Oregon is being bought and sold and we need to do something about it and doing something about it is making a real immediate impact right here which could have international reverberation hey, so I just want to speak up about the people who have no housing this is a ridiculous unfair and obscene situation and um, working on this is a way of working on everything else Hey, thank thank you so much, Joan. And you know, I want to remind our listeners, for um, those especially here in in Oregon, um, the legislature is now in session. It's a long long session, so they'll be um, working for several months. And the issues of homelessness is something of priority that the governor has mentioned through her her campaign and since she's. Um, been been in office, and as you uh, remind us, Joan, uh, 
it is incumbent upon us um, to do all that we can and working um, with our legislators um, to make some profound and important changes to um, to create a, a better society where uh, people are now not forced to live on the streets. Right. It affects us all. And no matter what you think about the government or our form of government or anything like that, this is an issue that can affect any of us at any time, and we are all impacted by it. It's at the root of the whole thing when you think about it. You can't have a stable society when there's social unrest, and what we've got right now is chaos. So, so. true. Thank you, Joe. Um, you're welcome. Thank you for taking my call, and I'm so glad that you're back on the air. I love the program. Well, thank you for your nice words. And you are listening to More Talk Radio with Celeste and I am Cecil. Our numbers are 503-231-8187. And let's go to John, who is waiting to share. Good morning, well, John. Well, like the previous caller uh, has stated, chaos. Um, I, I have mixed emotions. I'm glad that the 2022 election kind of turned out it's not as bad as everybody thought. But when I was watching how this McCarthy guy was nominated and and just show the pretext that we're in for it. I, I know that they have a slim majority, but uh, it's really getting <laughs> really suspect, especially what I was reading on the Internet. I know I don't always believe everything on the Internet, but these people, I'm just going to call them people. I'm not going to call them Republicans. They want a 30% sale, national sales tax to help but you know uh, do the budget. And then they put a knife euphemistically to people's throat and said that we're going to not, you know, you know, like sponsor the, the welfare of the whole government, you know, bringing it down with this debt ceiling. So they, they're starting on right off the gate, off the shoot, just like a bunch of racehorses. They're going after, you know, the American people. And that is really kind of my, I know I can't do anything about it, but, you know, well, if you've seen homelessness now, just wait in 2024. So that that is what I've just sort of there was some maybe some optimism. I'm I'm glad that the Democrats, 213 of them, with Jeffries being the you know the head of the uh, the Democrats, the minority leader, and I hope they get really initiative, some kind of thing going on that they can counterbalance these 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 people. Mm-hmm. Who are now on the, in the 118th Congress? Uh, thank you for like letting me vent. You oh. know, but I it's well, well, not only vent, um, John, but um, take that energy um, for for action. And I, it, it seems as if you are someone who who not only concerned but someone who is willing to take action to to make a change. So thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me talk. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. And listening to More Talk Radio, we have an opportunity to hear from one another. So let's hear from Santiago. Good morning, Santiago. Oh, we might have lost Santiago. Our numbers here are five. Oh. Z- Hello? Oh. oh, sorry. I didn't know if I was on yet. I thought I heard a, a noise. 
<laughs> that was you. It's you. You're on. How are you? You today? might need to oh. turn your phone down just in case you get in that though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah. No. Um. No. I just. You know. I. I don't know. I. You know. There is. I don't know. I hear a, a lot about the the chaos right now. You know, with the. You know, because I mean, even though, even though Trump wasn't elected to a second term, you know, I mean. I, I just I feel like it's it's like I don't know I just feel like a lot of people wanted to try and go back to things pre-Trump and even those things weren't that great but you know we see all this chaos in the streets and you've got like one side of the aisle the Republicans who are like ah well look at what these Democrats have done <laughs> uh-huh. you know where like it's like you know it's you know I mean Joe Biden even if he were a good guy could not fix it fix what Trump did in enough in one term because he did a whole lot mess but then you know the other side of the aisle is just like they're just so their inability to cope with reality the democrats they just they can't they they just they don't see i mean republicans and democrats both eat at the same table and they don't see what regular working people are going through and i just i feel like you know a lot of the constituents kind of have that same deal like democrats definitely have more empathy than republicans but even so it's like you know i've you know i've 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 been to like two i've been to two meetings where you know they've been they've they've proposed housing for the homeless people out here and you know and whether it's republicans or democrats man they don't want poor people in their backyard you know what i mean like that whole not in my backyard business you know it's like you know they just i mean you know that so the how, politicians themselves lack empathy and in and you know a lot of their constituents lack empathy like it's they want solutions but they don't want the solution to cost and it's like so how do we how, how do we get beyond that if people don't want well my well nobody likes well i'll give you a suggestion but nobody nobody likes my suggestions because we can't vote our way out of it. We need to start. We, I mean, I'm a, I'm a communist. I'm a Marxist. Okay, like straight up, because I've seen over history how black and brown folks have been played at every turn by this government, and I would hope that white folks would want to join in with the cause. But you know, they're you know they're, they're the colonial settler colonial class has their interests, and until they don't see a reason to betray their interests, we're stuck here. But for black and brown folks, we need to start forming our own separate, you know, extra extra settler colonial political organizations. You know, we've tried to have them. You know, like uh, for for Mexicans, we have like Masa and uh, you know and uh, Lula, but you know, and then for black folks, we have like the NAACP and whatnot. But what happens is that you know there starts to be this steady influx of 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 white corporate money. And, you know, and it's not that and it's not that people are evil or greedy. It's just that people want to go where the money is. And unfortunately, the, a lot of the money that we get comes from people who do not have our best interests at heart, no matter how much we try to emphasize. You know, I mean, you can't you can't right. you can't get good. You cannot get good advice on how to stop on how to stop fires from starting from an arsonist. True. And it's, you know, and it's, it is, it is, you know, and people don't like it when I say that because, you know, and here's the thing, I'm attacking the institution of white supremacy, not individuals, because I realize I, there are a lot of good individuals out there. You know, I know a few, right? But <laughs> the thing is, is that they, you know, 
they will protect their interests, even if they don't tacitly understand why they have the land and the indigenous people don't, or why black and brown folks are abjectly impoverished and they are not. They they tacitly understand what was done to make their place here. Yes. Yes. And they and they don't want to talk about it, whether it's on the Republican side or the Democrat side, because that means you have to confront a lot of awful truth. You well, know how, what how, you're talking about. Okay, but here, you know here's I mean? like, the challenge. Here's the challenge, though. Yes, you're right. It would seem as though we need something that, uh, to borrow an older phrase, is separate but equal. But one of the challenges and and one of the problems we're, we're going to have to overcome is, and I'm going to borrow the phrase from our actual topic today, is that whole goblin mode of, of um, self-centeredness. You're right. White supremacist culture affords most white people a measure of and sometimes actual comfort and advantage. And so... Um, they're not going to want to give up that 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 comfort and that advantage, especially when you can see, you know, the 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 effects of not having it all around you. But it's not as though the the, the white people are monolithic in their ability to access this white privilege, and so you have a lot of people who are are, are white who um, don't want to give up whatever level of privilege they have. <laughs> and they may be well-meaning, just like you said, but, you know, they're thinking, well, at least I'm not as bad off as X, Y, Z. Now, here's the other challenge we got to meet, since everybody is not giving up the same amount. Where are we going to carve our spot? Because it's not as though we have access to much uh, in terms of comfort and, and resources you know, as people of color, uh, we're shut out in so many ways. And then when we try to create even virtual spots for ourselves, we get a lot of flack from white people and especially white supremacists uh, because we're not we're not living up to say Dr. Martin Luther King's image. Uh, case in point, there was this <laughs> online online trend where Black women were going to follow each other and support each other, and white women got all upset. And well, and that's and that's what they're going to do every time. But see, even mm-hmm. with Dr. Martin Luther King, even Dr. Martin Luther King understood towards the end that he could not that he could not that you know that you couldn't have you know you can you can be welcoming but the thing is is like when it comes down to it even he realized that he at the at the end of the day he was advocating for black power he tried his uh-huh. best to couch it in language that really helped other people and i know there were a lot of people who were helped by him but at the end of the day every interest is self-interest it doesn't have to make it selfish or greedy or full of avarice but that's the difference between uh-huh. black and brown folks and white folks at well, the end of the day our self-interest is about is about pride in ourselves. It's about wanting to make something for ourselves that where we define ourselves. The the self-interest of the settler colonial white class is about avarice. It's about greed, and it, we and the people will couch it in those. It's like when we talk about 
black nationalism or uh, Chicano nationalism versus white nationalism. If you're like, oh, well, nationalism is that. It's like, who took whose nation? Uh-huh. Who took whose people? Who took whose resources? So now you want to get upset at us for asserting our, our personhood and telling you that you do not have, you do not lay claim that the reason why you think you're superior is because you're standing on our back. You know, but but then you want to claim, but you see, that's the thing is like we care way too much what they think, way too much, way too, and it's and it's not about the individuals who live now; it's about the individuals in the past who enable the people now to sit in their little perches of wanting to be nonviolent because they understand that what they have was taken by violence, even if they don't, even if they don't agree with it, they understand uh-huh. that their pay, their place their place was paid for in blood. Yes. Whether it was the blood of their own people or the blood of black and brown folks, but they don't want to hear it because they want to believe that we can solve our problems by just educating each other and loving each other. And I was like, if we loved each other enough, black and brown folks would have solved the problem long ago because we expend way too much love in the direction of people who do not love us. Well, and I know that that's a really hard thing. I know that's a really hard thing to take in. But frankly, I mean, like I said, I'm against institutions, not individuals. But I will, uh, but I will, <laughs> I will bring my grievances to an individual who defends that institution. But at the end of the day, like we have to, we have to be. Wor- I mean, it's a twofold front. We have to start recognizing the power within ourselves, and not just within ourselves as people, but within our ancestral traditions. You know, we need to. You know, we need to get, you know, like, you know, black and brown folks need to get back to a version of Christianity that doesn't involve, that doesn't involve white people, because they do exist. Liberation theology has created that. But I express even more that we need to get back to ancestral traditions, stuff that, where they can, you know, they haven't colonized, where they haven't set foot. Stuff where we can really get a sense of ourselves by ourselves, for ourselves, and for each other. But then the other part of it is that we just need to start, we need to start living, we need to start looking at our reality, our material conditions. We can, we can, we have to see that, I mean, it might feel hopeless, but at least if we've looked at hopelessness in the eye, we'll have a better idea of where we are than if we pretend that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. I work with a brother who served in Vietnam and he even he understands that all that brotherhood on the battlefield didn't mean nothing because when he came home, none of his brothers were there to stand up for him to give him the rights he deserves as a man. So I just, I just, I, I, I just, in closing, I just absolutely reject this idea that we need to have, like that we just need to arbitrarily hold hands and sing love songs to each other because at the end of the day, historically, at every turn, they have proven that they do not love us one bit. They will tolerate us as long as we uphold their idea of what the world is. But the second we go against it, even if something, even something as simple as a free lunch program by the Black Panthers, they will have none of it because it doesn't uphold their ideas. Thank hey, you. Hey, Santiago, thank you so much. Um, you you began your um, your reflection by uh, affirming, um, and I appreciate it. Um, um, not, not only. Um, your your history, but but your ideological uh, foundation by by affirming um, that you are a Marxist, and I think um, that 
uh, from your remarks today, um, we see similarity in, in terms of um, some of the people you we've mentioned today, um, MLK and, and others who looked at the social um, ec and economic systems that we, we are in and rejected it. So it is, um, I am not surprised that people um, such as you, Santiago, and, and MLK um, affirm uh, a, a, a philosophy of life uh, that lifts up all people and look for this social welfare of all beings. So um, from one socialist to another, thank you. Let's go to Francis. Good morning, Francis. Hi. Glad to hear you guys. Great um, to hear you. I also very tickled to hear so many people mention Dr. William Barber. Uh, I was thrilled to hear that he is going to head up a new uh, uh, in the theology at Yale University, the Center for Public Theology and Public Policy. Yes. And where they will deal with the intersection of theology and advocacy. Yes. As Dr. King did. Um, and I, what is fascinating to me is that Dr. King was and would now very much be considered an extremist. And and also just to recognize that when he died, he was considered an extremist. Um, when right. he was, um, you know, the movement to make his birthday a holiday, um, those who were in opposition were very clear in terms of he was, they thought he was an extremist, even to right. the point that Ronald Reagan, who resisted um, making his birthday a holiday until it had passed when asked um, which, uh, at the time he was signing the legislation um, whether or not um, King was something he said we'll see so there's a cynicism um, and a dishonesty among those who now um, bow down before the um, yeah, before I, the statue of King uh -huh. I I, I am really, uh, extremism, doing the right thing should not be considered extreme. When they say that there's extremism on the left and the right, there's no such thing. And to put it in that sort of a polarity is totally wrong. I mean, for the Democrats to think that they should try not to be too extreme is absurd. They're not extreme enough if that's how they're going to define extreme. And uh, Dr. King spoke about the three evils, racism, uh, economic exploitation, and militarism. Yes. And as long as I've had conversations with some of my, I guess you would call privileged friends, mm -hmm. who, who want to know why that I always dwell on these issues, you know, why don't I ever leave it alone, and I, you know, mm -hmm. I thought about that. <laughs> people who yeah, are oppressed something that's right in your luxury. face 24-7. Right, they don't have the luxury of the, uh, just ignoring the issue for a little while, because it's in their face every day, and I think that even those who are privileged need to understand 
But as long as we're allowing corporations to be viewed as people, corporations have no conscience. Corporations can't go to prison. Corporations have one thing, and that is short-term profit. And every single privileged person in this country, including the CEOs of those corporations, are expendable to the corporations. And they need to understand that and and stop pretending that corporations are people because they are not. Don't and as long as we keep allowing that kind of a situation to exist, we're going to have corporate. What is disheartening to me is when we hear people speaking from Ukraine, whoever it is, could be the president's wife or whomever, at the end of every interview, they ask them what they need, and they say, weapons. Does that not, what does that mean to you? I don't, to me it means, ooh, these corporations really got a hold of this thing because all they're worrying about is selling more weapons. And I, I feel like there's a way to get the people, oppressed people, and some who don't even realize that they are, to understand that we can take that power away from corporations. We have every right to do it, and we can do it. All right. Hey, anyway, you, you guys so, take care. Thank you so much for, for calling. Um, Celeste, this has been an energetic um, gathering this morning with numerous callers uh, speaking passionately. What are some of your final reflections this morning? I guess in a sense, I'm I'm appreciating the value that the station and, and our um, program um, allows for, for for people to get their thoughts out and to share. Uh, one reason because none of this had anything to do with either one of our topics. Um, and it was more like, okay, you know, we've got an overflow of, of, of passion and concern, and it's important that we, we sometimes sit, um, we sit quietly and listen. We, we hear whatever distress or we hear the, uh, um, and just try to sit back and listen. Um, I, but I do, I do, as I said, appreciate the fact that many of the people who who call in are also supporters of KU and support us being able to have this function where we share concerns and we we're able to provide a space for people to unburden. What about you? Yeah, I, I think um, this program this morning um, reminds me, uh, like you, the importance of this um, community space where people are able to, to speak, uh, speak freely um, without, any, uh, without any barriers. And in spite of of what we um, might desire, um, I think it's important for uh, 
for the voice of the people to, to rise up. So I appreciate people who continue to do that. Uh, all of you who who called this morning are, are doing incredible work. You have incredible fortitude. I appreciate your passion. And I hope that you continue to take care of yourself, continue to believe and work for a better world. And when all seem to be really, really messy, you don't yeah. have to remain in that goblin mode. That's right. That's right. Give yourself a shower, put some shine on, and get out there with some new applications of elbow grease, and we, we join hands and get it done. I want to encourage you to stay connected to your community connection, KBOO Portland. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to not only support us financially, but to support us by sharing us with your neighbors, your family, your friends, far flung and wide, so that we can strengthen this net of connectivity and communication. And uh, a, a real good way is support KBOO. Go to our website, www.kboo.fm, and donate, but also continue listening. Stay tuned, because coming up for you to listen is the Old Mo Variety Hour. Shout out and thanks to our engineer, Ray, for holding sway, and we'll hear you next week. You are tuned in to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming on the web at KBOO.FM. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with the requirements of the Communications Act of 1934.